0: Hebrews chapter 12 and the verse 12. Wherefore lift up the hands which hang down and the feeble knees. Here is a call to the wavering saints. There are really two heads this morning that I want to deal with. First of all, the weakness. That is evident in the text, the weakness that the saints of God feel and experience. And then secondly, I want to draw attention to the significance of that for The weakness and the for. This is really Paul's application after his sermon on chastening. And it is a call to overcome discouragement. It's a call to lift your spirits. And not to be downbeat. Not to faint under the trials. Don't fall into fragments. The apostle is in actual fact saying here. Don't collapse into pieces. But rather, lift up the hanging, drooping hands. And strengthen the feeble knees. So it's an exhortation to be strong. As I was thinking about this verse, thought about Joshua. And he was a great man of God. And he was a good leader of the people of God. He was a well-molded leader under the mentorship of Moses. But like all men, he was just a man. And it seems that he could easily be discouraged. We know this because many times in Deuteronomy and in Joshua, Moses and even the Lord himself directly exhorts Joshua and says to him be strong and of a good courage don't be afraid don't be dismayed don't be cast down don't be defeated for the Lord thy God is with thee. So it seems he had a tendency to be discouraged to get down Moses and the Lord were basically telling Joshua. Don't sink. Don't faint. And never give up. I'm with you. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. In fact the apostle goes on to quote that. In chapter 13. He has Joshua somewhere in the back of his mind here. In these chapters. So that's what Paul is doing here. He's addressing tottering saints to be strong. I want to draw attention to their weakness. You will observe here that in the description, bodily parts are described. The hands, the knees, verse 13, your feet. And it's talking about a way and a path and a walk. So there's a body here that has hands and knees and feet. He's picturing the child of God as a human body. He's picturing the saints, the congregation, as a human body. And of course, it's living. It's not a dead body. Because a dead body wouldn't be able to do anything. A dead body would be useless. A dead body would have no life whatsoever. A dead body can't do anything. And sinners are dead, sinners are lifeless. The spiritual dead can't do anything that is spiritual. The unconverted are dead in trespasses and sins. But Paul is not addressing dead sinners. He's addressing those that have life, but weak life, feeble life. He's not addressing the dead, but the living who are weak in their life you see even in the christian life there are degrees of life there are saints who are revived and quickened and there are saints who look as if they need revived and quickened so there are different degrees in the christian life and these saints and paul's reckoning these hebrew saints They're weak in grace. They're spiritually poor. They're not in a great condition at all. If you look at their bodily parts. And have a good eye of them. As he does. He sees them. And he paints them. And their hands you see. Are hanging down. That's what it says. Lift up the hands which hang down. They're dropped. They're not lifted up at all. They're not active. It's like their arms are broken and don't have the strength to lift them up, drooping hands. Drooping hands. And then the knees, how does he describe the knees? Feeble. Very interesting word that he uses here to describe the condition of the knees. It's the word palsy. You remember the man who suffered with palsy? He had four people. They had to carry him in his bed. to Jesus, he was paralyzed. Feeble in his knees. And here are Christians, and their knees are feeble, they're paralyzed, they can't bend them, they can't manipulate their limbs and imagine the track is so rough as I said to you, they're not running a nice wee race course, it's a marathon that's what he has in mind it's rough terrain, it's up and down it's through the hills and the valleys over rocks, across rivers and well if you can't manipulate your knees and your hands are hanging down and you're not getting active you're feeble So he talks about lameness, that which is lame and then he talks about healing the need for healing so these are the words that he uses in verses 12 and 13 and he therefore views the Hebrew believers as spiritually poor you remember the Lord had to say to the church at Sardis strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die you are not in a good spiritual condition The things that are in your life show a man who's more ready to die than to live. And you have to strengthen the things that remain. So so Jesus made a similar call as the apostle here makes to the Hebrews. Now how is this weakness manifested in their Christian lives? How does Paul know that they are weak? Well, I think, first of all, it's seen in the progress that they have made in the Christian life. You see, they seem to be stationary. They've got no further on after years of profession of faith. They're at the same point. I mean, if you're running a race, you have to go along the track. You have to make progress. You have to develop And these are people that don't seem to have made progress. That's why he's always calling them, run, run. They're not progressing. They're not growing. They're not getting better. They're not getting stronger. Christians are meant to shine more and more onto the perfect day. Christians are meant to be growing, growing, so that they become like trees of Lebanon, Cedars full of sap and majesty. Strong trees standing by the rivers of water. Growing in fruitfulness. Bringing forth their fruitfulness. That's the way Christians ought to be. And there are all the means of God to cause them to be that. But very often Christians are not that. They're stunted. And these Hebrews are like that. They're meant to be showing forth the Lord's kindness in the morning. Showing forth God's faithfulness in the evening. But as you look at some Christians. You don't see anything like that. Shining out of their lives. They're pearly. They're not shining for God. They're not growing and advancing. They're not getting more godly. More holy. More experienced in the things of God. Greater faith. Growing in grace. No these saints are not growing, not getting better, but rather declining, saints. And that sometimes happens. And very many of Paul's epistles are written to Christians that are in this condition, declining, as the Hebrews, so declining that they're ready to leave the race altogether as totally unfit and unable to carry it on. And you remember how Paul said to the Galatians, ye did run well, but whenever they were doing that, he didn't have to write epistles to them. But now he says, ye did run well, but who's hindered you now that you've come off the rails?' And he had to write his epistle to them. So most of the epistles are written to weak, weak saints. And this epistle to the Hebrews is like that. And you remember the Lord said about those that have not the root in themselves, and when tribulation or persecution arises, well, by and by, they're offended, and the life doesn't look like much at all. So they're not progressing. And Paul can see that. And then secondly, it's also seen in their ability to fight and to war, the Christian warfare, In their ability to stand against the wiles of the devil, in their ability to draw the line and stand at that position and not allow themselves to be removed and for the devil to make inroads, they don't have the ability to stand. They don't have the ability to resist Satan. He's got in on their minds. They don't have the ability to war the way they should be warring the Christian warfare. They're not able to use the spiritual weapons very well. Because the weaknesses are in the limbs. And the limbs are the things that take the shield of faith and the sword of the spirit and to put on the whole armour of God, but they haven't got the ability to do that. These drooping arms are just, they're just hanging there. They're not putting on anything. They're not putting on the helmet. They're not taking the sword. They're just drooping, hanging hands. Useless. And they can't stand I mean, they're paralyzed and they can easily be removed. And they are being removed from a good position that they ought to be having in the Christian life. The weakness is in their limbs in this picture. Now undoubtedly the main weakness is in their heart. In their mind. That's where it all really begins and that's where it all is founded. Keep thy heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life. The real weakness is in the mind and in the heart. Their minds are weak, their minds are feeble and they need God's word to come into their heart and to come to their mind. And that's what Paul is doing. He gives them this whole word, this epistle and it's directed to their minds and to their hearts. The inward. Consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest you be wearied and faint in your minds. So he's not forgetting about the mind and the heart. That's the main thing. And this whole epistle is addressed to the mind and to the heart. And he speaks very often about the heart in the epistle to the Hebrews. They do err in their heart, he has quoted in Hebrews 3. And he says, take heed, brethren, lest there be in you an evil heart of unbelief. And he said, we have to draw near to the throne of God with a true and a steadfast heart. So he, he, he's not leaving out the mind and the heart. But you'll notice in this image here, there's no mention of the mind and the heart. He's just talking about the limbs. In other words, he's thinking of the visible in their life. He can't read their minds. He can't read their hearts. He doesn't infallibly know their minds or their hearts but he sees their life. He sees what they're doing or what they're not doing with their hands. He sees what they're doing or what they're not doing with their limbs and with their feet. The visibility of it all manifests that they are weak Christians. So he's only talking about what he can see. Their lives. And he sees that their lives have slackened in the Christian warfare. He sees that their lives are neglecting the means of grace. That's what he sees. This is what he means by hanging hands and feeble knees. They're not using the means, the visible means of grace the way they ought. I think... Paul has in mind warfare and fighting and wrestling. Soldiers. Soldiers need to arm themselves. Soldiers need to use their limbs. Combatants in the war need their limbs. They need their knees. They need to the strengthen the knees. They need to hold themselves up. They need to stand firm. Without the limbs, they are out of the fight altogether. And... Maybe running in his, in his mind says, "Let us run with patience, but you know you can't run if your hands are hanging down. Even when you're running, you have to be able to use your arms in the manipulation over the terrain to maneuver yourself. He's talking about their the visible of their spiritual condition. It's pretty obvious you are not the Christians you should be. I'm addressing that, Paulus. You're not fighting, you're not striving, you're negligent, negligent in the means of grace. That's the problem. You're not fighting the Christian warfare. You're not taking hold of the weapons. And then, I think thirdly, their weakness is seen in their negativity. Their pessimism. The discouraging attitude that they have possessed. And Satan, he gets in on the mind. And he gives us negative thoughts. And we give ourselves negative, unbelieving thoughts. Evil heart of unbelief, you see. And that saps our strength. And that paralyzes our knees. And that makes our hands hang down. Because, you see, it's all got into the mind. All this negativity and this pessimism. And these thoughts that the devil gives us. And he overcomes our mind. And you know the way it is. The devil... Injects these things, and we don't have the shield of faith to quench the fiery darts that come into our mind. And so the devil, you know, look at all these problems in the church. Look at all this bickering. Would you even want to come here? Would you even want to come to the meetings? What's the point? And then your prayer life. Look at your prayer life. You can hardly pray, and you do you ever get answers to prayer? Do you get many answers to prayer? Do you get any answers to prayer at all? And the devil says, What's the point? What's the point praying? You may as well just give up praying. You may as well just let those hands hang down and flap about. What's the point? And do you even feel like you're a Christian? Do you feel like a Christian at all? You don't even feel if you're a Christian. You don't even have these peaceful feelings. You know, other Christians, you've heard them giving their testimony and they have this joy and peace and, oh, they're wonderful, happy and look at you what's the point you might as well just not even bother your head what's the point going to church and you read the bible and you get little from the bible and you maybe go to the meetings and you get little from the meetings and what's the point why would you even put the effort in why would you even go at all why would you even open your bible why would you even bother your head praying this pessimistic thinking Has gripped them. This is what Paul has in mind. And Satan is very quick to do this. So the need to lift up the hands that are hanging down and strengthen the paralyzed knees and get on with the means of grace and the use of them. So to be strong here, this call to be strong here, it isn't a call to be Superman, you know. And it's not just positive thinking. You know, these people write these books, do positive thinking, think positively, and you'll be Superman. That's not Christian doctrine. No child of God is ever going to be Superman. But a child of God can be a humble warrior for the Lord in the simple use of the means of grace, the faithful use of the means of grace. So it doesn't mean that you're you're a superhero. It just means just pray, just pray, just keep on praying, just cry unto God just use the word just get back to the word just get back to prayer just get back to the meetings that's what it means don't give up don't let those hands droop get back to the ordinances to the means of grace the Christian life is hard Paul never says anything different it's hard, it's always hard It'll be hard to the end, brethren and sisters. But the basics must never be neglected. And that's prayer and the word of God and the meetings. You see, some of the problems of these believers here, one of them anyway at least, is forsaking the assembling of themselves together. Some have already done that, Paul is saying to them because their hands are hanging down and their knees are feeble. And so this whole epistle is to tell them the need to strengthen the things that remain and not to neglect these things as if they are paralyzed. As if their limbs cannot take them out to the meetings. They can't even get out to the meetings. Their limbs are paralyzed. Their knees are not feeble. They're not even coming to church. Their hands are that feeble. I know you can still come to church and not have a heart for it. I know you can physically appear at church. I know you can physically pray and physically read your Bible and not really have a heart for it. I know that that's all possible. But Paul's not talking about the heart so much. He wants the heart to be right. But, you know, at least you have to be doing the means of grace. I mean, you're not going to get anything if you don't open your Bible. And you're not going to get anything if you don't make the effort to pray. And you're not going to get anything if you don't at least go out to the means. So you have to get these hands and these limbs working And then the Lord might sort out the heart. If you at least make the effort. If you at least lift up those hands and droop and make the effort. The Lord might work in your heart. If you won't make the effort. How do you expect the Lord to work in your heart? I have to make the effort. People of God, this is is what Paul is dealing with here. The effort, the means of grace. There's no hope. If I not use the means of grace. And Paul certainly has prayer in mind here. Whenever he uses these words. The words of the Holy Spirit here are carefully selected, hands and knees. That instantly brings to us the thought of prayer. These Christians aren't praying the way they should. They have a problem praying. The quotation, of course, is from the book of Isaiah. Strengthen ye the weak hands and confirm the feeble needs. I mean, everything's from the Old Testament that Paul uses here. He's steeped in the Scriptures. And lifting up hands, well, that's prayer. Because you lift up your hands to God. And they're empty hands, Lord, Look, I need you of nothing. I'm a beggar. Lift up the hands. Unto God. There's no mistaking what he has in mind here. Hear the voice of my supplications, the psalmist said. When I cry unto thee, when I lift up my hands toward thy holy place. Prayer. Prayer. I will bless thee while I live. I will lift up my hands in thy name. Praise And prayer. Let my prayer be set before thee as incense and the lifting up of my hands. See the parallelism? Let my prayer come before you in the morning and let my hands in the evening. It's prayer in the picture of the raising up of the hand. Lord, I'm a beggar. I'm a beggar. Doesn't the beggar hold out the hand? Remember Martin Luther? He on his deathbed and they the, the got his clothes after he died and preparing him for burial. And they found the paper, a couple of notes here and there. And one of them said, I'm just a beggar. And that was the secret of Martin Luther's life. He wasn't a superhero. No. He was a beggar. He knew how to beg. He knew how to cry he kept crying to God kept lifting up his hands no matter about the emperor no matter about all the devils in Wittenberg and all the other places of Germany no matter about the advance of the papacy against the infant Protestantism he he lifted up his hands he didn't let them hang down you see he lifted them up and then the knees that, that also speaks of the same you remember Daniel you can't pray anymore Daniel What did Daniel do? Well, he just went and did what he always did. He kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed towards the temple, to the sanctuary of God and to the throne of grace through the mediator, the promised anointed one. And so he, he knelt. Paul said, for this cause I bow my knees ...unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm praying for you, Ephesians. I'm on my knees for you. So, hands, lifting up of hands, the knees, again, beggars. I mean, a beggar holds out his hands, but you see a beggar who gets on his knees before you and holds out his hands? You know, you can't really pass him by. You might pass by a beggar who just holds out the hands... We've done it all the time. We've passed them by. But if he got in your way and was on his knees before you with his hands up, I don't think any of us could pass him by. I hope none of us would. That's a true beggar. That's what God wants his people to be. He doesn't ask them to be superheroes. He asks them at the very least to be just beggars. Can you not be a beggar? Oh Lord make me holy. Lord forgive my sins. Lord give me a clean heart. Give me a heart of flesh. Let your light come into my life. Let the grace of the Holy Spirit fill me. You can do that. You can beg. You ought to beg. But these Christians aren't even begging. They're not even begging. So these are symbols of begging. Begging. But they're also symbols of hearing, you see, and receiving from. Because a beggar, a beggar isn't just, you know, they're begging. He's ready to receive. I mean, what kind of a beggar is it? He gets there and he does his business. He gets on his knees. He puts his hands out and he does his begging. And then as you're about to put your hands into your pocket, off he goes. What kind of a beggar is that? And so these hands and these symbols are not just the symbols of begging. They are the symbols of of receiving. Receiving. And God has something to give us. And the most important thing of all that he has to give us is his work. His work. So we're begging for his work. We're begging for his voice. We're begging for the grace of the Holy Spirit which comes to us by his word. We're begging for that and so, the, these images are also images of hearing the word of God. The psalmist said, I've lifted up my hands to your commandments. So, not just about prayer, it's also to your commandments, to receive your word, to re- hear your voice. And the knees, we're on our knees, because we're around the feet of Jesus, hearing his word, the sitting down, the being lowly, to hear, to hear. So, this is about Hearing. The Word of God to receive. This is our greatest and essential weapon, the Word of God. And we must not be paralyzed in the use of the Word of God. And so these, these are our lifelines, you see. The hands and the knees. This is why we have to lift them up and to strengthen those paralyzed knees and to get the Word of God and to pray and to study the Scriptures and get out to the meetings. To receive the strength for the word of God, the Christian armour and the putting of it on. So, this is what, what Paul means here. We've seen the weakness and all that's involved in that, but this word we for. He doesn't just say, read verse 1, let us run with patience the race that is set before us, and then verse 12 lift up the hands which hang down on the feeble knees. He could have said that. He says, let's run with patience for race. We need our knees, we need our hands for that. We need to be mobile, so let's run the race, lift up those hands, those feeble knees, and do it. He could have said that, but that wouldn't help us. There's no medicine to put strength into our limbs and strength into our arms to lift them up again. So between verse 1 and verse 12 is the medicine. He gives the medicine for your arms. He gives the medicine for your limbs. And then he says, wherefore? Now! Lift them up! Lift them up now! And strengthen those feeble knees now! And we studied the medicine between verse 1 and verse 12. just to give you a summary of it again, just two things. First of all, Christ. Looking to Christ considering Christ those hanging hands those feeble knees that weakness in your Christian life consider him does he say that looking on to Jesus verse 2 consider him verse 3 that endured the contradiction of sinners so look to him think about him reflect upon him how he loved you how he gave himself for you how he run for you How he went through the trials for you. How he fought the warfare for you. And he didn't turn back and he didn't give up. For you, he didn't give up. Consider him. He had more contradiction of sinners than you ever will have. He had more afflictions in his life than you ever will have. And he continued on for you. Wherefore? Let the thought of that. What he done for you, let that cause you to continue. Don't worry about men. Don't worry about backsliding uh, saints. Don't worry about hypocrites, hypocrites in the church, or anything like that. Don't worry about troubles. Keep looking on to Jesus. Consider him. Consider him. And that's part of the medicine. Oh, if we got a glimpse of Christ, oh, our hands would soon pick up then, or the paralysis would soon go out of our knees. Have they got a glimpse of Christ? And so that's part of the medicine. Keep on praying and reading and attending the meetings for this one that you look to. And then he deals with chastening. Uh, Because part of the problem is they're so discouraged, all the troubles that they're facing. And all the attacks and all the afflictions and their minds are sinking. And it's keeping them from praying. Keeping them going out to the meetings. And, and Paul says. Look. look th- this is a way to look at all of these problems. Your father. Is disciplining you. Your father. In heaven. Is allowing all of these things. To come into your life. To make you Holy. To make you better. To keep you humble. To keep you in the right place. To stop you being carried off by the devil at his will. The Father brings all of these things to bear in your life. Chastening. It's chastening. It's not just, you know, the Lord has given you up and the Lord doesn't care. No, he he, he cares. But he is chastening you. And knowing that this is part of the discipline of your heavenly Father, wherefore lift up those arms and strengthen those paralyzed knees and just pray and just hear the word and just get out to the meetings and the Lord will work in you and the Lord will give you the victory And the Lord will make you holy. And the Lord will bless you. So that's what we have to do, brethren and sisters. Whenever the afflictions come and the trials, we have to listen to, not Satan, who says, what's the point? Just let the hands droop and just lie on in your bed. No, we don't listen to Satan. we listen to the Holy Spirit who says, pick up those hands and get those knees moving and get out there and get under the word. Let's pray.